شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فباب لا باب لا لا تقول لا باب قول ما شاء الله وإن باب قولي اللهم اغفر لي إن شئت this chapter is current now we're going to start from the, these chapters is going to be speaking about Different words on the tongue that that are found on the tongue of people that shouldn't be used. So the different things that shouldn't be used that are found commonly on people in people's speech that go against the tawheed that go against the tawheed. So here it is the first one. It is babu qawlil Allahumma ghfirli in shi'ta. Oh well, it's like to, it's to say, Oh Allah, forgive me if you want. Oh Allah, forgive me if you want. And the hadith that he brings, the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, في الصحيح عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يقول أحدكم اللهم اغفر لي إن شئت اللهم ارحمني إن شئت ليعزم المسألة فإن الله لا, لا مكره له ولمسلم وليعظم الرغبة فإن الله لا يتعظمه شيء أعطاه The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, no one should say Allahumma ghfirli in shi'ta Oh Allah forgive me if you want And you do not say Allahumma rahamni in shi'ta And do not say Oh Allah have mercy upon me if you want Li'azim al-mas'ala Rather you should be firm in what you want You should ask properly Fa'inna Allah la mukriha lah And there's no one that's going to force Allah to give you And if you say Allah give me if you want or not No one's going to force Allah Walimuslimin Muslim narrated Walimuslimin narrated You should be يعني have a firm resolve in terms of what you want Ask Allah properly فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَتَعَظَمُهُ شَيْءٌ أَعْطَاهُ Because nothing is too big for Allah It shouldn't be someone who's doubting Can Allah give this to me? So the reasons for the prohibitions are two here The reasons for the prohibitions are two For a person to say Oh Allah forgive me if you want Number one is because It, is, it shows a weak resolve for what, a, what, the, what the slave wants and it shows weak resolve. It's a weak way of asking. Give me if you want. I don't know. يعني, either because you don't know if you want it or not. Or number two, maybe it could come from not really venerating Allah properly. That you think it's something that's too big. Allah can't give me that. How am I going to get that? No. Nothing. That's why in the Sahih Muslim he said, Because Allah, nothing is too big for him to give. And the other narration, Make sure you ask with a firm resolve. Don't ask. Just, something, just don't ask in a way where you think maybe Allah will give to me, maybe Allah won't give to me. And that, obviously the reason why that goes against the, the completion of someone's tawheed or the perfection of someone's tawheed is because it's as if you don't know that Allah can give you anything. It's as if you don't know that Allah can give you everything. Allah can give you anything, nothing is too big for him. In that, nothing is too big for him and nothing is, impossible, nothing is impossible for him to give you. And then he says, oh, generally, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا مُكْرِهَ لَهُ because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And the second reason is Because there is no one who's going to force Allah So it's as if you're, it's as if you're saying Someone can force Allah So if you, Because if you say oh Allah forgive me if you want It's as if saying if you, يعني, Forgive me if, if you want If he wasn't going to forgive me 
then forgive me. And you wasn't gonna forgive me, but if you want, forgive me. So this if you're trying to say Allah someone's gonna be someone's forcing you, right? So the Prophet said there's no one that's gonna force Allah. If he wants if you want for you to say if you want, it has no no point because Allah was gonna forgive you if he wants anyway. Yeah, and it's always everything that he does is if he wants. So for you to say that is as if you're saying, Oh Allah, if you want now, forgive me, because sometimes you don't want something to happen and it happens. You understand? And so this is just a person's perfection of tawheed is to correct his words, correct the words that you use. And so you say that you should, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you shouldn't say, in shi'ta oh Allah, forgive me. Another issue that comes under this is saying, may Allah forgive you, insha'Allah. Things like that. People make dua, right? Like that. Oh, may Allah forgive you, insha'Allah. What's the ruling on this? The ruling on this is that it is better not to say it. Because generally when someone says, may Allah forgive you, insha'Allah, what do they mean? Do they mean if Allah wants? They don't mean that, they just mean insha'Allah as a word of barakah, the word insha'Allah, people use it normally, right? It's a word of, and you use it in terms of, just part of a sentence. But you don't intend the actual meaning. So in that case we say, it is better to stay away from it because it could fall under this. But if someone does say it, then it's allowed. It's permissible and it's not, it's better to stay away, but it's better not to do it. Is that clear? Is that clear? So you say, oh Allah forgive you insha'Allah, it's better not to do it. But if you do do it, then there is no problem as long as you didn't intend the meaning. Hmm. The hadith, that's not a dua. Abtallatul uruq, thahabat dhamma, wabtallatul uruq, wathabatul ajru, insha'Allah. That's not saying, oh Allah, oh Allah, give me the reward if you want. Rather, it is a khabar, it is news. You're saying that the ajr will be confirmed if Allah wants. So it's, it's khabar, it's not a su'al, it's not talab, it's not a dua, it's not, it's not a request, rather it's an information that the reward has been affirmed if Allah wills. It's information, is it clear? Are you sure? Yeah. Um, and that is, so that, that's, that, that's those masail pertaining to that bab. Fihi masail al-ula, annahi wa'ani al-istithna'i fi du'a. So you're not allowed to say istithna'i. Al-istithna'i, what does that mean? Say insha'Allah. In the Quran, وَلَا يَسْتَثْنُونَ فَطَافُ عَلِيهَا طَائِفٌ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَهُمْ نَائِمُونَ وَلَا يَسْتَثْنُونَ And they didn't say insha'Allah. Istithna can be used as the word to mean exception and it can also be used as saying insha'Allah. The word istithna. النَّهِيُ عَنِ الْإِسْتِثْنَاءِ فِي الدُّعَاءِ So you shouldn't do istithna يعني say insha'Allah in the dua. الثانية بيان العلة في ذلك بيان العلة في ذلك The reason for that. And we mentioned the two reasons, right? الثالثة a person when he should ask, he should a person when he's asking, he should ask with a firm resolve. And he wants what he's asking for. Al Khamisa at Amr and the reason for that has been mentioned. Wallahu alam. The next one is to not say Abdi Muamati, my slave. To call someone your slave. What's the rule on calling someone your slave? Um the ruling comes on a slave, and he brings a, a hadith, and we're going to explain it, inshallah ta'ala, bring the ruling, inshallah. So he says, so you guys know what we're talking about, huh? Ask, calling someone my slave, this person is my slave, abd, wa ama. Fi sahih an Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, aqal, la yaqul ahadukum at'im rabbak, wadd'i rabbak. One of you should not say, feed your lord, your rabb, meaning your owner, wadd'i rabbak. Or give, give the water for, to your, your, your Lord, your, your Rabb, your owner. 
وليقول rather you say سيدي ومولاي call the, the slave should call his owner سيد and مولاي instead of رب ولا ينقل أحدكم عبدي وأمتي and you should not say عبدي وأمتي my, my male slave or my female slave وليقول فتايا وفتاتي وغلامي فتايا وفتاتي وغلامي are words that mean slave but it's not the word عبد and the reason for, for that is to protect or to prevent any um, يعني any توهم, any assumption of عبودية, of worship because عبد, it comes from the word عبادة, right? or in some forms of its word in some forms of its word, of the word it comes عبادة, worship, right? so because of that, this hadith prohibited a person to be called عبدي, my slave, عبدي in terms of that word rather say fataya, use a proper word which is fataya and fatati وغلامي وغلام وغلامي okay? uh, وغلامي sorry this is what the hadith says the, the, scholar, the majority of the scholars rather Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala he quotes an ijma' to say that the prohibition here is not haram rather it is disliked it's better not to say it it's disliked why? because of the hadith or because of the ayah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about ourselves he says وَالصَّالِحِينَ مِنْ عِبَادِكُمْ the righteous from your slaves. So he calls them your slaves. So therefore we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he, he, allowed, he used it in that way, then we say it's allowed for a person to use it, but it's disliked for him to say, this is my slave, right? Rather you should say, my fataya and fatati, and you should call, the slave should call the owner, Sayyidi or Mulaya. Um, but if he does use it, it's allowed, because we have an evidence from the Quran, and also because of the ijma' that it is allowed, but it's just disliked. Unless you intend the actual meaning of ubudiyah, of slave and worship, then in that case it's haram. Is that clear? Ibn Qayyim. Ibn Qayyim in Zad al Ma'adi mentions it. And also Ibn Hajar al Asqalani mentions it in his Fatih al Bari. <laughs> yeah, the Arabic word and anything that means the same meaning. In other languages, yes. In the, if it means the same meaning. But it's hard to find the word يعني, that means the exact same meaning. يعني, my slave might be fine. Exactly, yeah. So, يعني, if it has the same meaning or the same connotations behind it. No, the word. The word, if it has the same connotation. For example, for example, يعني, for example, the word my lord in English. Yeah, that it will be, it's used normally in things like uh, normally from from what, what I know for for the Creator for the Allah, right, the Lord. But it's also used in a different way. So in this case, and it could be, but there's something that we have to look into. It could be said that you shouldn't use it even for those prime those ministers and that you understand. You shouldn't use it in that situation because of the fact that it has that connotation. That's what it's known as more. Is that understood? Mm. You can't say I'm the Lord of this house or I'm the Lord of this Things like that. It's disliked. It, would, it might come under that. It might. This again, this is a new mas'ala that people, scholars of English, need to look into. But I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Okay? طيب, and that's that mas'ala. في مسائل الأولى النهي عن قول عبدي وأمتي لا تسي عبدي وأمتي يعني disliked. الثانية لا يقول على عبد ربي ولا يقال له أطعم ربك. يعني you don't, the, the slave shouldn't say my Lord, my Rabb. الثانية الثالثة تعليم الأول قوله فتايا وفتاتي وغلامي they should use those words الرابعة تعليم الثاني قوله سيدي ومولايا that's what you should use 
الخامسة التنبيه للمراد وهو تحقيق التوحيد حتى في الألفاظ. This is an important one. This مسألة is that the intention behind this isn't just to look of, look at words, rather it is the perfection of tawheed. That person only uses these words for Allah. And this, يعني this is a lesson. These chapters that we're going through right now, these very short chapters, very short chapters, they're not in it is not shirk, it's not bid'ah, but in it are words that go against tawheed and it's been prohibited. And in this, there's a, there's a lesson for us. And that is that Islam has come to close all doors to shirk. Every single door possible to lead to shirk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has closed it. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has closed it. And we're going to see two chapters in this, in this um, book. We've already seen it. Babu Himayat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himat tawheed. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had closed all doors to shirk. So now, and it's so clear. Yeah, and this is why it's shocking to, to, to even fathom how people are now worshipping graves and going to graves. When the Prophet ﷺ prohibited it, not even in things that are not even haram, it's disliked. He made, it's been made disliked because of what it could lead to, because just the word, abdi wa amati. And we're going to see these words like, we're going to see uh, يعني, asking, Allah, asking people other than Allah, and things like that, we're going to see that, inshaAllah ta'ala. The point is that the sharia, when... And the, as a principle, whenever something is, is seen as a worse sin, then it uses more ways to prevent it. Yani it closes the doors to it from a further angle. For example, when we see zina, it's such an evil sin, right? Because it's such an evil sin, the sharia closed the doors to zina from so many different angles. Like, it's told us to lower our gaze. It's told us to not free mix. It's prohibited free mixing. It's prohibited um, khalwa. Staying being in the same place as a man and a woman, a man and a woman being in the same place alone, is prohibited. Uh, a woman to be wearing anything other than hijab, and all of these. Why all of it? Just to prevent a zina, or perfume. The woman is not allowed to put on perfume when she goes outside. Right? All of this to prevent zina. Why? Because zina is such an evil sin. So the evil, the most evil sin, the worst sin is shirk, and because of that, we find that the Sharia has put in place. Um, these rulings in order to prohibit and to or in order to prevent any person to even go coming close to a shirk. So what is shocking is how people now get to a stage where they're committing shirk and they believe it's part of Islam. And that's the and it definitely shows us a, a lack of knowledge. And this is what happens when people stop teaching tawheed. When people stop teaching tawheed, people they the next generation they go on and they think they know what tawheed and they're falling into these words. And in the next generation, they fall into something that's worse. And the next generation, they fall into shirk itself. It starts from just words. And so we're going to find that the, the reason why the shirk, the human beings, they, remember we took, we've already taken, the reason why the human beings, they fell into shirk was why? Because they went overboard when it comes to the righteous people in terms of praise and in terms of worship. And we're going to see at the end of the Kitab al-Tawheed, that even in terms of words, when, the, when, the, when they said to the Prophet sallallahu they said to the Prophet وسلم, you're the best of us and the son of the best of us. And you're the, our Sayyid and the son of our Sayyid. The Prophet وسلم, said, Relax, يعني. say what you normally say. Don't go overboard and don't let Shaitan take you. Because the only thing that destroyed the people before you was the fact that they went overboard. And that was the humility of the Prophet Just from words, they called him the best of us. And he is the best of us. But he said, relax because of these words. What do you think about everything else that's going to worship in graves? Of course the Prophet prohibited that. Yeah. Have you mentioned that anything that leads to a sin becomes a 
I said generally the Sharia has put into place prohibitions in order to prevent a sin. And if something leads to a sin, it will become a sin. Yeah. So would it this can this not come under something that's haram in a sin? No, because then in that case you can say everything is a sin. That's a bit it's a bit much. Because mm-hmm. you can say walking is a sin, because it leads to sin. Okay. And it's, it's a bit much you have to have evidence for it. And if something is a direct direct wasila to a link to a sin, then it's different. The next chapter is that you should not refuse the one who asks you by Allah. You should not refuse the one who asks you by Allah. And what he means by this is someone, he asks you to give you something by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I say to you, give me this by Allah. I ask you by Allah, give me this. And this asking by Allah is disliked itself. For a person to ask by Allah is disliked itself unless there is a need. For example, someone's not going to give you your right unless you ask him by Allah. Then it's allowed. But if someone does ask you, uh, if someone does ask you something by Allah, then it's part of the perfection of Tawheed that you give it, because He has asked you by, by a great, by someone who's great. They have asked you by Allah, the Great. So know that part of venerating Allah is to give Him what they ask. And the Hadith is, and Ibn Umar radiAllahu anhu he narrated Ibn Umar radiAllahu anhu he said. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام said من استعاذ بالله فأعيذوه whoever seeks refuge with Allah then give him refuge يعني if he seeks refuge with his, I ask you by Allah to protect me then protect him ومن سأل بالله فأعطوه and whoever asks you by Allah then give to him ومن دعاكم فأجيبوه and whoever calls you يعني whoever calls you to a وليمة wedding فأجيبوه then respond to him meaning go and accept that invitation وَمَنْ صَنَعَ عَلَيْكُمْ مَعْرُوفًا فَكَافِئُوهُ And whoever does good to you, then give it back to him. يعني someone gives, does good to you, then you do good to him as well. فَإِنْ لَمْ تَجِدُوا مَا تُكَافِئُوهُ فَادْعُوا لَهُ حَتَّى تَرَوْنَ أَنَّكُمْ قَدْ كَافَأْتُمُوهُ If you cannot find now anything to give to repay him with for that what he's done, then make dua for him until you think that you have repaid him. So in this, we have a few مسائل. Number one, استعاذة and سؤال. Someone who asks you by Allah, these the first two, they come under anyone who asks you by Allah. And this is the point of the chapter. The someone who asks you by Allah, then it's obligatory, or there's difference of opinion amongst the scholars. Is it obligatory upon you to give him, or is it sunnah? The majority of the scholars, they say that it is sunnah. You don't have to give someone something just because they asked you by Allah. Because in that case, it opens the door to people asking for anything, and um, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But... No doubt from a perfection of someone's tawheed is that he gives. He gives it. If someone asks you about Allah, then you say that you have given, you have asked by someone, by, by, the, by the great. And I, in, out of the respect that you have in, of Allah in your heart, and the tawheed that a person has in his heart, he will give it. And some of the scholars, um, they say, and this is something that's narrated, this is the opinion of Ibn Qudama, and it is recommended. Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi, and also taken by Shaykh Ibn Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala. And the other opinion is that it's obligatory. If so, with five conditions. It's obligatory. If someone asks you by Allah, then it's obligatory with five conditions. Number one is أن يعلم صدق السائل Is that you know that this, uh, the one who's asking, he's truthful. Yani he's not asking by Allah just because he knows that you're going to give him by Allah. Rather, he needs it. Okay? Number two is أن يكون السائل متوجهاً في سؤاله لمسؤول معين من الناس Number two, he asks a specific person. 
So he doesn't just stand up amongst a group of people and say, I ask you all by Allah to give me this and that. Then no, I, as an individual, I don't have to give it to him. Number three is, أَنْ يَكُونَ تَوَجُّهُ إِلَىٰ إِلَيْهِ فِي أَمْرٍ مُعَيَّنٍ He asks you for a specific thing. So he doesn't ask you, help me. I ask you by Allah to help me, generally. He asks you for a specific thing. Give me your hat. Look at it, happened. Nice. Don't give it to me. Huh. Something like that, huh? Something like that. Yeah, a specific thing. You have ability to give it to him. If you have no ability, then you don't have to give it to him. If you have no ability, then you don't have to give it to him. And the last condition is, is that if you do give him this thing, then you're not gonna, you, you are safe from any harm. You are safe from any harm. Example of this, someone asks you, you're wearing a, something that's not too expensive, for example, and then he asks you, by Allah, give it to me. Then no doubt this person, according to this, should give it. And that's part of respecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. Any harm. That is not going to harm you. Like someone asks you for your house. It's too much. It's going to harm you, right? Yeah. You understand? With the, and, this, and this is the opinion that was taken by Sheikh ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, and this is Wallahu alam seems to be correct. It's obligatory. It's obligatory. Wallahu alam. Because they have asked by a great one. And that because of the command in the hadith. No. So, uh, when asked by Allah, does Allah's name have to be mentioned? Yeah, no doubt. He asked by Allah, asked you by Allah. Yes. Yeah, does Allah's name have to be mentioned? Yes. He has to say Allah's name. Does it have to be a benefit as well? Does it have to be a benefit? Yeah. So if, if they ask for something that might harm them... Uh, very good question. Is that, does it have to be something that has benefit or it might harm them? When we say if it is something that is allowed to be given, then you, then that comes under it. Yani for example, if they ask you for alcohol, then no, you don't give them alcohol. Same as transactions, basically. In terms of benefit, yani benefit? You're not allowed to exchange something that can't benefit them. Yeah, no, no, exactly. If it's harmful or haram, mm. or something that you can't give. Because, for example, he asks you... He asks you for someone else's money. Mm. Then you can't give that. No. Or he asks you for alcohol. You can't give that because it's haram for him. Or it's going to harm him. Like you said, then it's not allowed because it's haram because it's going to harm him. Okay. It's actually, that answers the question. Yeah. But it's not exactly the same as transaction. It's not exactly the same. Okay. All right, there might be differences. That wouldn't be a shart. It would be... Yeah, yeah. It would, would that be a condition? It would be a condition that he asks you something that's allowed, yeah. And that's something that is actually mentioned, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say it, subhanAllah. It was right, written right here. No. Uh, so in that case, we see, we, we see that asking, if they ask you by Allah, then it's obligatory. And that's part of venerating Allah. And the Prophet wasallam married a woman. And when the Prophet wasallam came close to her, she said, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْكَ I seek refuge with Allah from you. And so the Prophet said, You have sought refuge from, some, from a great one, from Allah. Go back and he divorced her. And so this, this is, and also in other examples of that. The point is that part of venerating Allah is that a person gives it. Whoever calls you, and he calls you to a walima, and this is specific in this hadith, is Allah is speaking about a walima of a wedding. Someone gets married and he calls you to his walima. Is it obligatory upon you to respond according to this hadith and other hadith that you have to respond? And whoever does not respond, as in the hadith that has come, then فَقَدْ عَصَى 
Abul Qasim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have disobeyed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore you have to respond to the da'wah of a walima, the invitation to a walima, to a meal of, 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 of nikah. And that is, the obligation here is just to respond, to go and attend. As for eating, then it's not obligatory. Uh, and whoever done is good for you, is the question? <coughs> if the walima has haram, then you don't have to attend. No, if the walima has haram, then it's not, allowed to, it's not allowed to attend. Unless you can change it. Then in that case, you can go and change it. No, no. No, 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 no. The walima is not a sunnah. For, person, for, for the person who's got married, he doesn't have to invite anyone. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to invite people, no. He doesn't have to do it in the first place because it's sunnah. Whoever does good for you, then you do good, do good back to him. And this is part of perfection of Tawheed as well. Someone does good to you, he gives you something, then do good back to him. Because you don't want to feel like he has a favor over you. The only person that should have favor over you is Allah. So if someone, does, so that, and that is part of, it's not, it's not wajib, it's not obligatory, but it is no doubt part of someone's perfection of Tawheed. That he doesn't want anyone to have a favor over him or his hands over him because it makes you feel in a way of uh, small in front of that person and the only person that you should feel small in front of is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of when I say small يعني, that they have a huge favor over you other than what Allah has given them such as the Prophet وسلم, and your parents and people like that other than that then you should give back in order to perfect your tawheed is it wajib? it's not wajib, you don't have to if you can't find, if you don't have anything to give back now, he gave you too much and you, you, can't, you can't pay him back, then make a lot of dua for him. Until you think that you've paid him back. So just so that you don't have that feeling of feeling indebted to, indebted to that person. And in another hadith, the Prophet said, Whoever says, then he has done a lot. Say, then you have thanked him a lot. That's enough. If someone does something to you, you say Jazakallahu khairan, then that's enough. Abu Dawood and Nasai will be Sanadin Sahih. It's narrated by Abu Dawood and Nasai with an authentic chain of narration. The Masail in this chapter are Iada to Minister Billah, you protect whoever seeks refuge with Allah. Thaniya Iatawa Mansa'ala Billah, whoever asks you by Allah, you give it to him. Thalitha, Ijaba to Dawah. Number three is that you respond to the calling of the Walima. Arabia al Mukafa to Allah Sunya. If someone does good to you, you do back you do good back to them. Al-Khamis and the Dua Dua is the way to pay, repay the one who you cannot repay except by dua because you haven't got anything to pay him back with. The next chapter also about words is لا يسأل بوجه الله إلا الجنة That you're not allowed to ask by the face of Allah except for Al-Jannah. Why? So the, the, chapter, the point of this chapter is that you're not allowed to ask by the face of Allah except for Jannah. And what we mean by that is that you ask someone else a, a something of this dunya. Or you ask Allah something of this dunya by the face of Allah. So you say, oh Allah, I ask you by your face to give me a car. Why? Because it is belittling Allah. You're asking by Allah for something of this dunya and the dunya is nothing. The Prophet said about this world, about this dunya, all of these worldly things. He said, if, if, the, if the dunya... Lo, if it was equal to the wing of a mosquito, Allah would never even give a kafir a drink of water. Yeah, and if this whole dunya 
was equal, was, was valuable to Allah. Allah would not give even the, the one who disbelieves in him even a drink of water. But Allah says, That this dunya is so worthless. If it wasn't for the fact that everyone will become a kafir, He would give everyone who becomes a kafir gold and silver. And ceilings of silver. And they'll have stairs. And they'll have doors of gold. And they'll have chairs and wazukhrufa uh, and all sorts of beautification. Allah would, give, would have gave the kafir all sorts of beautification. The only thing that prevented him was what? Wasn't the fact that this dunya is valuable. Was the fact that if he done that, everyone will become kuffar. Because everyone's getting money. You become a kafir, you get money. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't do that. Just to show how invaluable this dunya is. That the kuffar will give him everything in this dunya. But in the akhirah, that's when the real life is. So the point is that asking now Allah... Asking by Allah for this dunya, this disrespect of Allah. You're asking, يعني, imagine you go in front of a, it's not, it's not exactly the same situation, I can just to bring it a bit closer. يعني, imagine you go to a king, a rich, the rich, huge, يعني, a king who's honorable, he, he sees it to be part of his honor to be generous. يعني, for him to be generous, he loves it. A king loves to be generous, right? He wants to be known to be a generous person. You go to him and you ask him for one pound. Is that, is that respect to him? He's going to feel disrespected, right? He's going to feel disrespected because for him, being generous is an honor. And for you, what you just done, you just said you're, too, you're not generous enough to give. Just give me one pound. But if, just like that, Allah is the highest example. Is that Allah, why are you going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most great, something of this dunya, by Allah? You're going to ask by Allah something of this dunya. So you say, oh Allah, I ask you by your face to give me this car. This car was nothing. Why are you asking by the face of Allah? Ask. For that thing, no problem. You can ask about this dunya, but don't ask by Allah. Right? That's the point of this chapter. Mm. Sorry? If you ask by Allah's attributes, then um, if you ask for something of the dunya, is that fine? Or is that. Yeah, and if you're rahmatic, ask you by your mercy. And asking by the dunya is fine. Like asking by Allah. As'aluka billah. It's not Allah. What do you call him by his name? No, it's fine. It's fine as well. The, well, the point here is that Because we don't In Arabic it's more common In English it's not really common In Arabic it's common for someone to say Billahi alayk I ask you by Allah and, Or As'aluka billah I ask you by Allah It's different to asking Ya Rahman Ya Rahim Ya Allah You understand? It's different It's just in Arabic There's a, there's a problem here Sometimes in English It, doesn't, it gets lost in the translation But asking <coughs> Asking by Allah Is different to asking Allah By his names and attributes Not clear? So, what about asking by Allah's face to have ease in the grave or something? That's fine. Uh, so, we're, we're going to come to it, inshallah. It doesn't have to just be Jannah. It doesn't have to be a Jannah. It has to be anything that is not dunya or anything that leads to a Jannah. We're going to, it's going to, that's what's going to come. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, because you're asking Allah. You're allowed to ask Allah for dunya. You're allowed to ask Allah for dunya. That's fine. So we're not talking about that. What we're talking about here is asking by Allah. And there's something that's not common in English. That's why you don't get it. That's why most people won't get it right now. Or wouldn't have got it first time. Asking by Allah is equivalent in English. What's the equivalent in English? Asking by Allah. I ask you. And someone says, I ask you by, by. For the sake of God, give me this. Something like that. I don't know if they say in English. People do that all the time. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, is for the sake of God, 
give me something in the dunya, maybe it's similar. For the sake of Allah. Someone asks you, for the sake of Allah, give me. Person or Allah even. Say, oh Allah, I ask you by your face. You know normally when you ask, do you say, oh Allah, I ask you by your face? Don't say that. You say, oh Allah, I ask you to give me this. That's fine. But you say, oh Allah, I ask you by your face to give me this. What did you use to ask Allah? Use the face of Allah. You, asked, you, asked, you used Allah to ask Allah. Is that clear? So you ask, oh Allah, I ask you by your face. Give me, no, Jannah, give me this iPad. It's nothing. If you're, if you're going to ask by the face of Allah, oh Allah, I ask you by your face, then you're only allowed to ask for the Akhirah. That's why he mentioned Jannah, because the Hadith mentioned Jannah. But you're allowed to ask anything, the Akhirah, protection in the grave, protection from the hellfire, or Al Jannah. Is that clear? Hmm. So it's not restricted to the face of Allah, it's just asking about Allah. By Allah, it's not just the face of Allah. Okay. Because this hadith, we're going to see this hadith is weak, but another hadith comes. Okay. So you can't say, Peace be Allah, donate to charity. No, 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 that's fine. Peace be Allah, donate to charity. Peace be Allah, what does it mean? Peace be Allah is not the same. Peace be Allah is that you're saying, do it for the sake of Allah. Yani you're doing as a qurba, as an ibadah. Everything is peace be Allah. Yani, um, give, me, give charity, peace be Allah. Pray for Allah. Pray. Or do salah fi sabillah. Everything that you do is fi sabillah. Meaning, what's fi sabillah mean? It means for the for the, yeah, for the for the for the sake for the sake of Allah, for the pleasure of Allah, in order to gain the pleasure of Allah, in order to gain the pleasure of Allah, is different. The, the difference is that this is a common Arab uh, phrase. I ask you by Allah, asaluka billah. This is a common Arab phrase that not really in English. I think what you just said will be the closest thing, which is uh, for the sake of for the sake of God, yeah, for God's sake. That's, I think you might be that will be the sim, the most common, the closest thing. Mm. As for Fisabilla, that's fine. That's different. But that's just telling them, so go one, Hajj Fisabilla, for example. One's more like a command, basically. You know, yeah. So the Fisabilla is a command, mm-hmm. and this one is using Allah as a, as no, using Allah as a wasita, mm-hmm. using Allah as a means to gain something. So to use Allah as a means to gain something, obviously you only you only use Allah as a means in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You say, oh Allah, I ask you by this to give me this. Or you can say, yeah, using Allah as a means to gain something, basically. Yeah. Not as a wasta, not as a, yeah, you understand? But using Allah as a means to gain something. That's what we're talking about here. Would say that Allah khaliq can't as well from that sort of... La, la, Allah khaliq. I don't even know what that means. Allah khaliq, they say, they, they say that. Allah khaliq is dua. It's not, it's not that. لا 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 دعاء الله الله يحفظك give me this الله يخليك give me this no it's fine that's allowed because it's making dua for them and then asking that's fine but it's different it's using Allah saying I ask you by Allah سألك بالله هذه لا ما هو المستحب يسأل يقول أن الله by his essence no because we're not calling on Allah by his essence we're using Allah's essence as a means to get to Allah. So it's different. You understand? Say, oh Allah, I ask you by your face. As a difference to saying, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, it's different. You understand? Is that clear, guys? What's the hadith? وعن جابر رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام narrated that he said لا يسأل بوجه الله إلا الجنة You don't ask by the face of Allah except for الجنة This is narrated by Abu Dawood and his chain of narration is weak but the meaning is correct because we have another hadith narrated by Tabarani in his معجم as Sheikh Al-Albani رحمه الله تعالى he said that it's authentic hadith the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ملعون من سأل بالله 
Mal'oonun man sa'ala billah. Cursed is the one who asks by Allah. What does he mean by that? Cursed is the one who asks by Allah something of this dunya. Because generally in the Sharia when someone says you ask by Allah then you're talking about the dunya. So therefore from this we understand this hadith. And the hadith of the chapter the meaning is correct. The hadith that was narrated by Abu Dawud that I mentioned at the beginning. The meaning is correct. That from this we understand that it's not allowed for a person to ask another human being by Allah something of this dunya. And it's also not allowed for you to ask Allah by Allah something of this dunya. Is it allowed to ask something of this dunya though? Yes. But just don't use the name of Allah. Just don't say, oh Allah, Allah ask you by Allah, give me this. Just say, oh Allah, give me this. See the difference? Is that clear? Difference. But does that even make sense though? You're asking Allah to get to Allah. In English, man, it makes sense like, Billahi Ali, ask you by Allah. That's different. And the second you mentioned the hadith about the cursing, is that the hadith of Abu Musa? Abu Musa al Ashari, nah. In the Tabarani. It says in the translation, it still mentions the face of Allah, not Allah as well. Man'oonu man sa'ala bi wajillah, yeah. Oh, the face of Allah. Whoever asks by the face of Allah, yeah. And the face of Allah, yeah, is Billah as well. All of it comes under Allah. All of Allah. Is it similar to saying like, by your honor, can you give me this for the Akhara? By your honor, possibly, if you ask by the names and attributes of Allah, Allah alam. Allah alam. So you can tell. I was going to say, the way I understood it is it's like saying, because you're Allah, give me this car. That makes sense. No, يعني تقريبا that does make that, that that is close to it, yeah. Mm. يعني so it's using using Allah, Allah against Allah. No, against, against Allah, Allah. as a means. Yeah. Yeah. Using Allah as a means. So saying by your honor. So the, the question was, it's like saying by your honor, I ask you for this, or by Allah. What is it again? By your honor. Oh, because you are Allah, I ask you for this. Yeah, yeah, that's similar to it. يعني is belittling the face of Allah because you're asking the dunya, and you should only ask by Allah something of the akhirah. And again, this is part of perfection of tawheed. But uh, you're the perfection of someone's Tawheed. What's the difference between that and then saying, like, because you're a Rahman or something? Allah, maybe it's different. Mm. So it's a sin because of the curse in the hadith? Naam, it's not allowed, it's a sin. Yeah, it's a sin because of the curse mentioned in the hadith. Al-Ula, fi masal ula an-nahyu an an yus'ala bi wajhi Allahi illa ghayatu illa ghayatu al-matalib. That you're not allowed to ask by the face of Allah except for the most, the highest of goals, which is al-Jannah. That Allah has a face, no doubt. The next uh, chapter, also perfecting someone's tawheed in terms of your words, is saying low. Low meaning if only. Low saying if only, if only. And the word low has different meanings in the Arabic language. And it has different reasons for it to be used. So the, for you to say if only has different reasons. And the prohibition when it's not allowed is in one situation. In one situation. And that is, if it is said out of hate for the qadr of Allah. Hate for what Allah done. If only I didn't go out today. I wouldn't have got wet, for example. Because you didn't like that, you got wet. If only I didn't go out. Is that clear? So, because you hate, because of the hate for the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't like what, Allah, what happened to you. Okay? As for if it's done to say, if I was to go back and I was to ha- go back in time, then I would have done something different, then that's fine. That's not out of, as long as it's not done out of hating the qadr of Allah. For example, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, when he went to Hajj, 
And he had his animal with him. And he said, لو استقبلت من أمري ما استدبرت لأحللت ولجعلتها عمرة. If I was to go back in time, I would have left my, my, my ihram and I would have made it an umrah. I would have done umrah first. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't umrah, then hajj. And he didn't quran. He said he would have done tamatr, basically. He didn't say this out of hate for what, he, what, the, what Allah decreed upon him. He's just saying now, it would have been better if I'd done this. That's it. But in his heart, then he doesn't have that hate for that qadr of Allah. Is that clear? Is that clear, guys? Mm. Besides, by wanting to go back in time, maybe change things. Doesn't that? No, not wanting to go back in time. If I was to go back in time, in order to teach the people. But doesn't that still show discontentment? No, it doesn't. Because, yeah, if someone says, uh, not necessarily discontentment. No. For example, you done a business deal. And that business deal got you a small profit. He said, you know, if I was to go back and do it next time, I'll do it like this. Okay. In order to, just as a lesson, yani. not in terms of uh, hate for what Allah done. You understand? You're still happy with it. Yeah, for example, someone dies. Someone, go, you, someone goes out. And, or for example, a mother or something like that. A situation where a mother lets her child out. And she gets hit by a car. And she die, he dies. And she says, if only I didn't let him out, he wouldn't have died. That's why it's not allowed. You understand? Okay, because out of discontentment for what she just done. Because that was because why would we say? Because that was the qadr of Allah. It wasn't out of what you done. It was the qadr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Nothing else. Is that clear? To show that, say, Allah was for example saying, "Oh, if only he was, uh, if only I could go back in time, I'd spend more time with him, knowing that he would have died in the future." Is that allowed? Yeah, that's different. If you say, "If I was to, if I was to go back in time, I would have spent more time with my child." That's, that's fine That's yeah, what you want to Yeah, that's okay, different so yeah. All that for saying that What? Uh, um, if only And used it in a sense that you are displeased with the Qadr of Allah It's haram When it's a sin It's a man or maybe It's a sin It's a sin If it comes with Tasakhut Bi Qadr Allah Hating the degree of Allah It's a major sin No, no, major sin Major sin so if only if someone says I didn't do that well in my exam and he says if only I revised, if it's done again, I'll hate the decree of Allah, which is, doesn't seem like that, then it's not allowed. But in that situation, it doesn't seem like it's for the hate of Qadr Allah. It's hoping that you, and wishing that you would revise instead, it would have been better. But like when you say Qadr Allah, you shouldn't have done it. And you shouldn't say that. You should just stick to it. Next time I'll revise. Yeah, and even this, that's fine again. That's fine. You're allowed. So are these connected to like things that are like kawniya or, or just in general? Both. Both. In terms of the universal decree, something happened, the rain, whatever, someone died, or even in the sharia. Mm. No. So, like, connected to like the exam one where it was something that I had control of. For example, the death, somebody's death is like having sabr of something that's kawni, mm. but the, me not revising was, for example, Allah says, was Allah so. It came from them first, so if a person can a person say, for example, because um, it was due to his actions, he done the sin and he got a punishment. So can a person say now, if I hadn't done that sin, I wouldn't have got punished. I wouldn't have got that punishment because my fa'il is my. La la la. if someone so someone says that if I would if I wouldn't have done that sin, then I wouldn't have got the punishment of of that sin. Then no, Allah no. The punishment because when for example when Musa was speaking to Adam alayhi salam. And he said that you were removed from Jannah because of your sin. 
Adam didn't. Adam said, Allah wrote that sin upon me 50,000 years. Oh, he wrote it upon me to leave Jannah 50,000 years before the heavens and earth was created. So I was going to leave Jannah anyway. So it's not necessarily because of that sin. Right? It was just it was decreed that he was going to leave Jannah. That punishment was decreed. As for the sin, then no, we don't, ask, don't say because of the qadr of Allah the sin happened. We do, but no, no, we don't use it as an excuse. That's for, so you know, in that situation, you don't, you don't use it. So saying low, if only. Talking about the munafiqun. The munafiqun, they um, went to the battle of Uhud and they said, If we were allowed, if, if only we were allowed, and if only we had some, some say in this affair, we wouldn't have been killed. Meaning they're saying, the Muslims who were killed in the battle of Uhud, they were killed because they went out to battle. They were killed because they went out to battle. If only they didn't go out to battle, they wouldn't have been killed. Do you understand? If only they didn't go out to battle, they wouldn't have been killed. So this, and this is the, the speech of the munafiqeen, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is dispraising it and criticizing it. Allah says, قُلْ لَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ لَبَرَزَ الَّذِينَ كُتِبَ عَلِيهِمُ الْقَتْلُ إِلَى مَضَاجِعِهِمْ Say, even if you were, in your, you, you were in your own houses, Allah will still have decreed those people who were decreed to die, they would have died in their own houses. Yani wherever, wherever you left for the battle or not, you were going to die anyway. So don't use, so don't say, if only this happened, it, this wouldn't have never happened. Out of hating, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed as the munafiqun, they hated that Allah, they had to go out for battle. Right? The hypocrites, they went out, they, they hated that they had to go out for battles. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى اللَّهِ سَيْزِ إِنَّ الْقُرْآنِ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا لِإِخْوَانِهِمْ وَقَعَدُوا لَوْ أَطَاعُونَ مَا قُتِلُوا Again, Surah Al-Imran. It's talking about the Basal Al-Uhud. The Munafiqun, the hypocrites, they said, الَّذِينَ قَالُوا لِإِخْوَانِهِمْ وَقَعَدُوا They stayed behind from the battle. And they said, لَوْ أَطَاعُونَ مَا قُتِلُوا If those people, they went out to battle, if only they obeyed us and they stayed behind, they didn't go out for battle, Allah challenges them and says, Say, you put, repel from yourself death if you are truthful. Yani, if you are truthful, then you repel from yourself your own death. And you think that the fact that they went, went out was the only reason why they were killed? No, it was the qadr of Allah that they were killed in that battle. You try to repel from yourself. If you are truthful, if you think you are truthful, that if they were to obey you, they wouldn't have got killed, then you, when death comes to you, repel it. As if you are the one who decrees when people die or not. No. If only they obeyed us out of hate for the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam narrated Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قال, Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. He said, number one, be eager in, things, in, in attaining things that benefit you. And this hadith is an important hadith in every single thing that you want to pursue in your life. Everything you want to pursue in your life and every endeavor that you go on, everything that you go out for, then do this hadith and use this hadith as a formula for it. Number one, ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Be eager for whatever benefits you. If something is beneficial, shara'an wa in dunya wa in akhirah, it's allowed. If something in your, in your dunya is beneficial in terms of work, in terms of uh, education, if it's beneficial, then pursue it. Right? And if it's allowed, of course. Beneficial means it has to be allowed, permissible. Or in the akhirah, something else. Wasta'in billah. Number two, tayyib, when you go out and you're eager to pursue something, seek help with Allah. Because if you don't have help from Allah, then no one's going to help you. If there are help is not going to be from Allah, then your own self is going to be a crime against you. If help is not from Allah, if Allah is not helping you, then everything's going to be against you. So whenever you're going out to do this endeavor, 
and you're eager to do it, then seek help with Allah because only Allah is the one who can help you. Wala ta'ajizan, then number three after that, don't give up. When you're eager, when you do something, don't give up. You want to memorize the Quran, be eager to do it. Seek help with Allah and don't give up. You want to seek knowledge, be eager to do it. Don't be, don't be lazy, don't be half-hearted. Go out and do it properly. Be eager. Then seek help with Allah because Allah is the one who's going to help you seek knowledge. Wala, wala ta'ajiz, don't give up. Memorizing the Quran, same, it needs it. Memorizing the hadith, it needs it. Seeking knowledge needs it. Going to university even needs it. Dunya, becoming a whatever, whatever, whatever education you want to get. Starting a business, for example, it needs it. Starting any endeavor that you want to start, anything that you want to start, that's good. Number one, be eager to do it. Don't be half-hearted in these things. Then seek help with Allah. And do not ever give up. When you're on your way and you're doing it, then something happens that, that cuts your way. When don't say, If only I'd done this and that, would, this, this and this, this, this would have happened. If only I'd done this, then this and this would have happened. Mm. No, don't say that. Right? But rather, what do you say when something comes in your way? You say, Allah, This was Allah's decree, and whatever Allah decrees is good. If a person uses this formula, then this person will be successful in every endeavor in their life. Even if it stops, it doesn't work out. Then you say, Allah, Not out of the fact that you got lazy in Quran, Qaddar Allah. Or you got lazy, no. You were serious, and something stopped you, you could not do it. You, or you, went, you were starting a business and uh, you, went, يعني, you went bankrupt, for example. You say, Qaddar Allah wa ma sha'a fa'al. Whatever Allah decreed was better. Wa ma sha'a fa'al, whatever He wants to do, He'll do. Fa'inna law taftahu amal shaytan Because saying low, if only, saying low, it opens the doors of shaytan. And that's the reality of the situation. Yani, you, you, know, you don't go, as they say, don't, you can't pick up spilt milk, right? Or something like that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> One of that, something like that. They say that, huh? Um, and it's true. The qadr of Allah happened. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed, it happened. And the endeavor that you went through, Allah subhanahu you sought help with Allah, the reward that you went through is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That reward is with Allah. You're going to gain that reward. Even if you didn't get the end, the end goal. Like as long as you are, number one, you're, you're eager with this thing. And you're actually serious about it. Number two, you help, seek help with Allah. And number three, you don't give up. Then insha'Allah ta'ala you'll be successful in it. And if anything happens, you say Qaddar you say Qaddar Allah wa Masha'afal and you don't say if only, if only, if only. And saying if only, it's not gonna bring anything back. It's not gonna bring anything back, it's not gonna change the qadr of Allah, whatever Allah decreed. So therefore you're gonna be between two situations. Either you're gonna be happy with the qadr of Allah and you're gonna be rewarded and Allah will give you better. Or you're gonna be angry at the qadr of Allah and you'll be sinning and in both situations you're not getting back. And just the difference is whether the sin's on you or not. It's the only difference. You're not going to change anything. So you being happy or sad is not going to change anything. So in that case, just be happy. So that, in that situation, we're not allowed to say low. If only out of hate for the decree of Allah, what Allah done to us. And it's something that happens common when a calamity befalls us. Someone dies, someone passed away. If only they didn't pass away. If only I didn't let them go out. If only, if only they went to the hospital, for example. It's not, all of that's not allowed. تفسير الأولى تفسير الآيتين في آل عمران نعم الثانية النهي الصريح عن قولي لو أني إذا أصابك شيء so it's not allowed for you to say if only in if a calamity befalls you الثالثة تعليل المسألة مسألة بأن ذلك يفتح عمل الشيطان and the reason for that is because it opens the doors of shaitan what the actions of shaitan what, what actions of shaitan 
disple- displeasure for the, for, the, for the decree of Allah person, it will, it will lead them to even disbelief. That's why I find people, they lose a parent, for example, or they lose a loved one, and they leave their religion. They leave their religion. And the Christians even do that. I've seen a Christian, when I was a long time ago, he said that. And he, because his father died, he left Christianity. There can't be a God, for example. And this is the, this is the doors of shaitan. Obviously, in his situation, different. Like, in as a Muslim. Uh, as a Muslim, it's the door of shaitan. No doubt. الرَّابِعَ إِلَى الْكَلَامِ الْحَسَنِ Rather, you say good. What do you say? قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلُ Memorize that. قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلُ Whatever Allah decrees, He's done. And whatever He does, He, he will do. Uh, and this was the قَدَّر of Allah, this was the decree of Allah, and he does whatever he wants. الخامسة, الأمر بالحرص على ما ينفعه مع الاستعانة بالله. The, the fifth one is that we've been commanded to be eager in what is beneficial and to seek help with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. السادسة, النحي عن ضد ذلك وهو العجز. You're not allowed to now be uh, lazy. You shouldn't be lazy in Seeking what is beneficial for you Wallahu a'lam طيب. Next chapter is The prohibition on Insulting the wind Insulting the wind And the reason that is prohibited And this is a principle that we're going to see later on in We took stuff with Dahr already Yeah we've taken it before right Insulting time Similar This is a similar chapter Insulting the wind And the reason why is because the wind is not the act, is not the thing that decrees anything. If the wind, a hurricane comes, for example, a hurricane comes and it destroys things, then the hurricane wasn't the reason why it wasn't what destroyed it only. It was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who used it to destroy it. Right? So the wind is from the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The results of it was from Allah. It doesn't have any will. It hasn't, it hasn't got any irada. It's like a wall. A wall has no irada. It has no will. It hasn't got any, it doesn't want itself. The wind doesn't want itself, rather it's something that is used by Allah in order to do good or to, to do bad. Allah says in the Quran, when, when the wind comes, uh, um, when Allah says, Allah is the one who sends wind as bushra, as good news, before he sends down rain. Because wind, obviously we know that before rain comes, we see a little type of wind, right? And a specific type of wind. It's not every type of wind. So different winds, and it's something that we might not know much in London. Like in people in the in the Bedouins and people who live in deserts and, and different places in the world, and something that was known amongst the Arabs before, is that they would know what type of wind is a wind of rain. So when the wind comes, they'll be like, "This wind shows that the rain is coming in one hour, two hours, three hours, whenever wind is coming." And another type of wind, they'll be like, "This wind is not rain wind." And another type of wind will be, they they will know that it'll be like a hurricane kind of wind. So Allah says, وَلَئِنْ أَرْسَلْنَا Allah says in the Quran, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يُرْسِلُ الرِّيَاحَ بُشْرًا بَيْنَ يَدِي رَحْمَتِهِ Allah is the one who sends these winds as bushra, as good news, before He sends down His rain, His mercy, His rain. So this is a, uh, the, rain, the rain is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another qira'ah, هُوَ الَّذِي يُرْسِلُ الرِّيَاحَ نُشُرًا بَيْنَ يَدِي رَحْمَتِهِ He is the one who sends the wind as nushuran, يعني, meaning uh, pollination. The wind, it pollinates the plants. And it's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. نُشُرًا بَيْنَ يَدِي رَحْمَتِهِ Spreading. وَأَرْسَلْنَا الْرِيَاحَ لَوَاقِحَ Surah Al-Hijr. We send down wind. We send wind as لَوَاقِحَ As pollination as well. So the point is that these winds are the actions of Allah. Allah is the one who commands them. They're under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore insulting them is as if you're insulting Allah. The action of Allah. Insulting wind and insulting time. Say, يعني this year 
insult it. You say a bad word about it. Something, something this year. Insulting it is not allowed. Uh, same thing, insulting the wind. In the hadith, he narrates الله He said, لا Do not insult the wind. So if you see something that is you dislike from the wind, for example, it's a strong wind that seems to be harmful, then you say, what's the dua instead of insulting it? And this is a sunnah that people need to spread. Teach your families, teach the people around you, spread it everywhere. Spread the sunnah when you guys go home, yeah? لا تسبره do not insult time what do you say when wind comes اللهم إنا نسألك من خير هذه الريح وخير ما فيها وخير ما أرسلت به وأمرت به ونعوذ بك من شر هذه الريح وشر ما فيها وشر ما أمرت به what we've been commanded to say is this dua and what it means is اللهم أو الله إنا نسألك we ask you من خير هذه الريح from the good of this wind يعني any good that is in this wind we ask you for it وخير ما فيها and we ask you the good that is in this wind وَخَيْرِ مَا أُمِرَتْ بِهِ And we ask you the good that he has been commanded with. وَنَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ هَذِهِ الْرِيحِ And we seek refuge with you, O Allah, from the evil of this reeh, of this wind. وَمِنْ شَرِّ هَذِهِ الْرِيحِ وَشَرِّ مَا فِيهَا And from the evil that is in this wind. وَشَرِّ مَا أُمِرَتْ بِهِ And the evil that has been commanded with. This is the dua that we should make. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير هذه الريح وخير ما فيها وخير ما أمرت به ونعوذ بك من شر هذه الريح وشر ما فيها وشر ما أمرت به. This dua should be memorized on a windy day. يعني spread the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. صحيح التلميذي. This was considered to be authentic by التلميذي. And Allah subhanahu the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he would see certain types of winds, he would be scared because he would be scared that it would be the punishment of Allah. Because when he would, or in certain clouds as well, because with the people of Ad, when they were punished, they saw, they saw, فَلَمَّا رَأُوهُ عَارِضًا مُسْتَقْبِلَ أَوْدِيَتِهِمْ قَالُوا هَذَا عَارِضٌ مُمْطِرُنَا When they saw a wind, and it was coming to their valley, uh, the, they saw a, a cloud coming to their valley, they, would, they saw the cloud and they said, this cloud is rain, it's good for us. بَلْ هَذَا عَارِضٌ مُمْطِرُنَا Allah says, بَلْ هُوَ مَسْتَعْجَلْتُمْ بِهِ رِيحٌ فِيهَا عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Rather, this, wind, this cloud is what you guys have been asking for because they used to ask the Prophet, their Prophet, send the punishment if you're truthful. If you're really a prophet, send the punishment then. If you're us, send the punishment. So Allah sent that cloud and they saw it. When they saw that cloud, they thought it was a good cloud, it was rain. And Allah said, Bal huwa bih. Rather, that cloud is what you guys been, you've been asking for. Fiha adabun alim. It's a wind that has a painful punishment in it. So the wind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses to punish the people. And so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he would see a dark cloud, he would be scared. You would see it on his face. His face would change. Because he would be scared that it's the punishment of Allah. And then when the rain comes, he will be happy. And so from this we understand that the wind is used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to punish the people. So that's why when we make this dua, we will ask Allah, oh Allah, don't make us from those who are punished by this wind. So when wind is sent, then what, is com- what we're commanded to do is to make this dua and to not insult it uh, and to seek refuge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from any evil in it. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala a'lam. Fihi masail al-ula an-nahi wa ansabirrih Number one, you're not allowed to insult time. Number two, الثانية, الإرشاد إلى الكلام النافع إذا رأى الإنسان ما يكره. Again, the Prophet والسلام, he taught us what we, what we should say. Just like in the previous hadith, instead of going against the qadr of Allah, we say qadr Allah wa ma sha'a fa'al. Or another narration, qadr Allah wa ma sha'a fa'al. This is the decree of Allah, whatever he wants, he decrees. 
So we should, the, the Prophet ﷺ, in, in all of these situations, we've been told what's bad and we've been told what we should say as an opposite. That's something that a Muslim needs to uh, get used to. Get used to saying the good things and the bad things. And what will be also connected to that is, for example, when someone is in a bad situation, you're driving a car, and you're about to hit someone, or someone's about to hit you, and you say, what do you say? Ask yourself, what do you say in that situation? Are you someone who says something bad? Or do you say, la ilaha illallah, subhanallah? Get used to that. Get used to having these good tendencies, good, these good words. Get used to saying, subhanallah, when something hits you, or something scary happens. Or you jump, you say, subhanallah, instead of saying another word. Okay? And everyone knows what word they use, different words. Some people say subhanAllah, some say Some people say other than that. So get used to that. Al Irshadu ila al kalam nafir. So we've been we've been told and guided to what is good. Ida ra al insanu ma yakra when someone sees what they dislike. Wathalitha il irshadu ila annaha ma'mura. We know that the wind is commanded. The wind is commanded by Allah. Therefore it's not it hasn't got its own will. It's commanded by Allah. Therefore we shouldn't insult it. That the wind can be commanded good by, to do good, and the wind can also be commanded to do bad. Um, the next chapter is a bit longer, so inshallah we'll stop there because of if uh, iftar time for the brothers who are coming from far. Uh, we don't want to miss the iftar at home. It's about having bad thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah ta'ala will carry on that next week. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. If there's any questions, then you can ask inshallah. The sisters as well, they can send their questions through that paper. No. I saw, I've got two questions. I saw a video from Shaykh Salah saying, he said, they're saying, well, someone gives you a gift and you say, this has made my day. He said it's money shit. Mm. Um, I didn't understand the reason why it's my um, the, the Sheikh Salih when he said that someone gives you a gift and you say this made my day then it's um, it, it's come, it comes under he mentioned that it is uh, under uh, did he mention it under Tiara from I remember I'm not sure it wasn't a video it was just a thought he mentioned it's part of one of his explanations of Kitab Tawheed um I can't remember exactly what he mentioned it. Like, and he, he gave the read. I, I can't remember inshallah. Was it Tafal? It was Tira. Yeah, Tira, Tira. The opposite. Tafal is good. But Tira, it came in the Tira from what I remember. Naam. It's not when you go gift. If when you see a rose, you saw a rose, and you say, This made my day. Yani, because the reason why the word, the word, this made my day. Is attributing the the the, the action to the gift. Okay. Yeah, and he's attributing the word. The word saying this made my day is the word. It's not the actual. Obviously, when someone says it, what's he believing? He's saying that this made me happy today. So you should say this made me happy today. Saying this has made my day, it insinuates in terms of the word. The word, not in terms of what we understand from it, but in terms of the actual word. The word insinuates that this gift had an effect on my day. You understand? Even though it's the qadr of Allah. It was a tira. Yeah. So this gift had an effect on what the happenings of my day. Even though no one intends that. No one intends that. We just mean it made us happy. But what he said by that is that this made my day. Meaning the word, the word this made my day literally means that this gift has done something for the rest of my day, right? It's made my rest of my day better, right? So he said because of that, it comes under that word, the laf is my initiative. That's what he said. Allah That's what he said. And the second one is... Um What's the word in the saying, I can't live without you? 
Allah What's that? What's the ruling saying? I can't live without you. Allah I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, question. I was speaking to one person who's been like affected by um, um, this kind of fear mindsets. People like Anwar Aulaf and stuff like that. And he was he was speaking about shubha that this guy, this man brought about a hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu said um, <coughs> about killing, you know, the famous thing about killing um, uh, innocent people hmm. and he, he done this idlal by the hadith where he said in the, in the night time where you can't, where you can't see um, the enemy basically he's basically saying that in his video that he, the Prophet allowed that so he's trying to use this as a belief to say that you can now go to a country and kill innocent people because of that hmm. also how it works um. We have to differentiate between a few things when it, when it comes to istidlal, using certain evidences. So basically, someone the question is that someone using evidence to uh, say that you're allowed to kill innocent people. May Allah protect us from such deviants. Um, the using such evidences has a context. The context of these evidences, such as the majaniq, the Prophet sallallahu they used um, catapult, catapults. Uh, and these evidences where some innocent people may have been unintentionally killed does not show that it's permissible for it to do it for you to do it for an army to do it intentionally. Number one, number, number that's number one. It doesn't show that it's permissible for someone to do it intentionally. It's unintentional. It's un- unintentional. Collateral damage. Number two is that this is a situation of war. It's not a situation of someone going to a random person going to an, a country and killing innocent people. It's not allowed. Number three is that we know that jihad is only done with a leader. Therefore, no one is allowed to lift up a weapon without the Muslim leader, without the permission of the Muslim leader. The evidence for that is the hadith of uh, Ibn Umar, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, or oh, Abu Huraira, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, um, The imam was made as a shield, and you have to fight behind the imam. Ibn Qudam al-Maqdisi, he brings ijma' unanimously agree there's no difference of opinion amongst the scholars that jihad is only done with an imam. And Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, as narrated by Imam Ahmed in his Muslim, he said that no one lifts up a weapon against an enemy without the permission of his imam except that he's sinning. So from this we understand that it's not allowed for a person to start a war, a jihad, it's not allowed except with an imam, with a leader, government, Muslim government, Muslim leader, it's done like that. Not when someone goes innocent and kills innocent people. So therefore, this context that he's using is the hadith is referring to when there's, 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 there's a war, has a leader, and it's unintentional collateral damage. That's what it's referring to. This person is referring to no leader, no, he's not part of any army, so therefore there's no war for him. And intentional, intentionally killing innocent people. Fourth thing is that there's a direct hadith that goes against it. The hadith of the Prophet وسلم, said, don't, ki- don't cut a tree. You're not allowed to cut trees in jihad. You're not allowed to cut a tree. And you're not allowed to kill a woman. And you're not allowed to kill the elderly. And you're allowed to kill children. And you're not allowed to kill the person, the, the one who's worshipping in his synagogue or his church or whatever. His place of worship. All of these people are not allowed to kill. Right? Except for the tree when there's a benefit. If there's a benefit, it's allowed. Because the Prophet ﷺ and the Jews, they were, uh, they were in their fortresses. They were cut off the trees because the Jews used their trees against the Muslims. So look, uh, when there's a benefit in that situation, the tree is allowed. But all of these things, you're not allowed to cut trees. Not allowed to kill innocent people, men, women, children, and, and elderly. So people like that, uh, those pro, pro, who pro, promote those views, like Anwar al-Awlaqi, who promote, he promotes that, saying that you're allowed to kill innocent people, then there's no doubt, there's huge deviance, not allowed. Does that answer the question, though, no. that Shubha? Those four conditions. Yeah, it wasn't Shubha for me, it was just like, uh, 
That's it. But as for debating him, no, never. And I, uh, from experience and from the uh, quote of, quotes of the ulama, the reason why I say from experience and quotes of the ulama, the quotes of the, uh, the scholars who said it before, is because me personally, I didn't listen to the quotes of the ulama before. I was like, let me just, maybe this brother will listen, please. Let me. I don't know. And then again, and then I realized the ulama were right. You can't debate with these people. You can't. I'm telling you, you can't. And you're going to, probably you, probably a lot of brothers, probably you, you're going to go and debate them. And then you're going to realize later. You're probably going to realize later. I'm telling you. I don't know if you do it, if you do debate, but everyone's going to realize later on, after they've seen this quotes of the ulama, then they're like, okay, maybe it has a different context. And then they try to debate, and then like, you know, the ulama, right? You can't debate with these people. You can't debate with those people. You, even in debates, the intention behind a debate is what? It's for the audience. It's never for that person. That person never got, he's not there to get his mind changed. The audience are there to get their mind changed, okay? You go to the audience. Like Sheikh Mbaz, when some of the, some of the people are fitting, they try to say, let's have an open debate with Sheikh Mbaz. Have an open debate with Sheikh Mbaz. So no, come privately, we'll speak about it if you want to change your mind. Right, you understand? So that's the way to advise them. Give them the information and leave. That's it. As similar with the brother's mindset, um, there was another Shubat that came about that um, Saudi leaders, they reject the Ahad Hadith in regards to uh, the Sharia and whatnot, and Ahad narrations, and they then take food on them. How would you respond to that? If someone rejects Ahad narrations, then this is something of the madhab of the Asha'ira. There's a deviant view. To reject a had narration, a had narration is deemed view, but it's not kufr. So to make takfir on someone who rejects a had narrations in the uh, aqidah is is not is kufr, is not kufr, is not kufr. So, but it's no doubt it's not it's not allowed. But just deviant. falling into that mistake, it doesn't make you an ashari, does it? It just shows that you fell into the. He fell into the mistake as ashari, as those not the, it's not just ashari, but al-bid'ah generally, all of them they, they have this khawarij and. Qadriya and all of them, they have this, which they don't take ahad hadith. But doesn't mean you're part of that group, no, but it's deviance. It's a huge deviance. Yeah. 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 When talking about um, bad companions, and I think in the Quran it says, if only I didn't take so and so as a friend, yeah. does that come under this as well? When talking about companions in the Quran, it says, if only I didn't take such and such as a friend when he's in the hellfire. There's someone talking about in the hellfire. Oh, okay, so you understand? It's it's not, he's in the hellfire, he's saying it. And it's too late, it's not going to benefit him, and he says it. But in this dunya, it doesn't count. Is this not a question? There's no paper there? So you know the chapter uh, of the sixth, if only something that happened, if it's similar to the other chapter, if only it was because of you, how this would happen? Is it similar? Saying, no, no, if it wasn't because of you, Lola, Fulan, if it wasn't for so and so, that chapter, if it wasn't for so and so, um, and Allah, then this is trying to equate someone to Allah. It's different. And the other one, low, is regret. Oh, regret. So it's different. It doesn't fall under the same thing. Yeah, this one's prohibited, the other one's minus shirk. Yes. What is the ruling on saying good luck? You're lucky this happened. Good luck, luck is, uh, goes against the qadr of Allah. Someone saying that, that luck is as if you're saying luck is what done this to you. So therefore, saying good luck is not allowed because it is say, as if you're saying that luck is what? That, 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 had, that, that, that had the control, that had the power. 
So luck is what had the power to do this and that. And that's not allowed because only Allah is the one who decrees. Yeah, and if it's a coincidence is different though. Coincidence is different. Oh, someone using coincidence is different. Are you allowed to take the books at the back? Yeah, you can take the books at the back. Um, only the ones that are in the boxes. Are they in the boxes? Are they in the boxes? They're not in boxes. Or only the ones on the floor, not in the ones on the shelves. The ones on the shelves are not allowed to be taken. As for the ones on the, on the floor, for the sisters, then you're allowed. And the bo- brothers, in the boxes, the ones in the boxes. Um, are you able to do a lesson on female sahabas in Islam? Inshallah, hopefully one day. Too many bad role models. I feel like as women we have too many bad role models. And we are, we are not taught about the female or scholars, scholars, female scholars in Islam and the women around the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I feel they're very important. Uh, inshallah ta'ala that is true, is very important. You can read about it as well. There's a book. Uh, it's a 50 volume book. Uh, written by Akram al-Nadawi. 50 volume book about the female scholars in the history of Islam. 50 volumes. Maybe someone should look into that. Whilst being careful of the author. Be careful of the author, like in the book, it's good. Yeah. Abdul Rahman Hassan has a series of? Called The Forgotten Female Legacies. Abdul Rahman Hassan has a series called The Forgotten Female Legacies. Inshallah, check them out. Hopefully, inshallah, we'll do some. Maybe, uh, I've just, you know, subhanAllah, I've, I did intend after every of our lessons, especially on Friday, to, you know, do a little biography of scholars, but I haven't really been consistent with it. Inshallah ta'ala hopefully we'll do it and we'll include female scholars in it in the Friday lesson, maybe even in this lesson sometimes. Yeah. There's books of uh, a Suyuti that haven't been opened next to this box, are we allowed to take those? Or the books of Suyuti that haven't been opened? They're from the box as well. Huh? They're from the box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll have to take all of them, yeah. No. You'll have to take them, yeah. So, you know, sometimes um, an event happens and um, you notice when, when the event happens that your iman drops. Um, do we say that's from the qadr of Allah? Just, uh, what's, what's the steps going about that? But the steps of God, yeah, I mean, it is from the qadr of Allah. So if, if an event happens and then your iman drops because of it, do we say from the qadr of Allah? Yes, it is from the qadr of Allah, that event. Like in your iman falling down, no doubt it was a weakness of iman there. Everyone has weakness of iman, everyone. But no doubt your iman dropping, for example, someone dies and you have weakness of iman. A person, of, uh, if, he had, if he didn't have that weakness of iman, he would realize that the, this thing that happened, it was inshallah good for me, and it only increased him in his iman. All the Arab armies, they went against them. They didn't go against the iman. They didn't, someone maybe would be weak, would be like, all these Arab armies, we're going to win. Sahaba, no. They increased in the iman, instead of losing iman. When they see all of these enemies, so no doubt it's a part of someone. His iman wasn't ready in the first place, and he didn't prepare before. That's what is important for a person to instill tawhid in their heart before, to learn about this qadr of Allah subhanahu wa taala before the, the calamity happens. Then when it happens, okay, it happened. Alhamdulillah, the iman went down. Then a person should learn, learn about the qadr of Allah. Learning is the most important step about this, because when you learn about the qadr of Allah and the names and the attributes of Allah, you realize that Allah didn't do anything to you except by wisdom, whether you see the wisdom or not. Something happens, you become. Lose everything, you become ill. Something happens in your life. Once you realize that it's the qadr of Allah and you know Allah really, you actually know the name, read about the names and attributes of Allah. You're going to think, SubhanAllah, Allah would never do this to me without a good reason. So it's going to increase your iman. In fact, so learning is the most important thing. Wallahu alam. And there, you know? Brothers and 
I just have two questions. Mm. Okay. Uh, the first one was just related to if only. What if it was like if it was actually that person's fault? Like you had to say, for example, if he had a knife and he stabbed someone, you say if you only you didn't kill him. No, no, she didn't. If only we didn't kill him. Uh, if, if, only did, uh, if it only didn't stop, no, you shouldn't say it. No, you no, shouldn't say it. No, the question was just about, uh, is there a difference between, you said there's a difference between asking Allah's name or Allah's name actually and asking Allah's name? Asking Allah's name. Mm. You said it's, uh, it's, it's like to ask Allah's name to request for something. What about if you ask Allah's mercy? No, asking by Allah. Asking by Allah. To, no, it didn't say by name. Asking by Allah to request something from someone in this life without a, re- no, without a need. As for asking Allah by His mercy, then it's allowed. That's fine, asking Allah by His mercy. Yeah, it's allowed. Why are you asking someone else by Allah's name? I ask you by Allah? By Allah's name, by Allah's attributes. I ask you by the mercy of Allah? Yeah, to give me this. Yeah, and that comes under asking by the face of Allah. It's the same. Mm-hmm. So you're only allowed to ask of that. You're not allowed to ask people of that. Only allowed to ask that things that. You're allowed to ask people things that are going to help you in the Akhir only. Yeah. بارك الله فيك عند ذي صلى الله عليه وسلم محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين